Hey, I'm okay. I mean, I'm just hitting record because that's, good. Just, that's the vibe. Just fucking record. We're going to record yeah, and we're just going to catch up and we're going to see what's up. I'm, uh, I'm okay, man. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I've got like another four months of work with these commissions and shit. Next year is looking really bleak. Mm. Like just nothing on the horizon. Mm-hmm. That freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Something will come along. Moy's got full-time job at Vancouver Film School now, so that's good because it's at least some security for us. You know, it's mm-hmm. money or anything, but it's it's going to keep the wolf from the door at the worst. I don't... It, it, you look around the landscape, dude, and it's like, if you have your sanity, you're not bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not like completely like medicated and fucking terrified you're kind of like doing well like it's just so yeah the baseline for success is now so low and this is something that applies to everyone i was i was doing an episode of transplant and i got to hang out with like eric peterson and sheila mccarthy and i'm eric peterson was jokes but he was like you know the way the economy's going it's like everyone has become us now. Yeah. Everyone has become like I'm I'm working. Yeah. But I'm struggling. I'm I can't afford anything. Yeah. Everybody Yeah, and side hustling. Every he's like everyone. He's like everyone's become actors. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I there's no job where it's like I got this job, you know, and, and I'm secure now and they can't fire me really unless I really fuck up. Like, no. You're yeah, you're, there's no economy. No. That's it. Mm-hmm. And they're just the cruelty of it and the the extent to which like I mean I'd love to hear you talk about whether you still believe in capitalism dude because it's not fucking working <laughs> it's not worth sure you know like it's really really then I'm not saying the solution is anything else we presently have but like this is obviously like I heard Trudeau the other day say, um, it is obvious that the price of houses in Canada cannot continue to rise indefinitely. Yeah. All home. Thank you. I know. Yeah, but like too fucking late for that revelation. Well, the thing that I, well, well, Torque, the thing that I would say to you is that like, it's not like uh, Jigmeet has better ideas. Jigmeet oh, wants that? to, yeah, it's, I mean, in, 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 fact, in fact, a lot of his policies would actually increase the price of both rent and increase the price of housing as well. Like, but so that's, still- how yeah. they can't make everybody's investments worth less no housing but i think we're getting to that point where it's uh, it's interesting i know you say the market is 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 getting us to the point where no longer owning a home is a viable investment i mean for those of us who are blessed and i i know i know you have been blessed to own some property i've been blessed to own property we're we're, we're dirty we could be dirty dirty property owners you know um but uh, we're very, very blessed. But that um, notion of like buying something and it being a sound investment um, is is kind of over. And, you know, to be honest, like it kind of never really should have been. Owning a home should never really have been your kind of meal ticket. It doesn't make sense. And, you know, Warren Buffett doesn't own real estate. Warren Buffett has lived in his house in nebraska and like that's it his he and he is a in a real way like he believes in business and markets and 
But he's always been like, real estate is just, it's not what you should be investing in. It's a really stupid idea. So um, I think we're going to, I thought about you a lot because I was in, I was in Paris with my parents and I was doing this like bus tour. And in the year they were talking about how like, oh, in this kind of place, you know, they did a general strike. And in this building, the students got together. I think we're going to head to a point where something's going to give. Yeah. Where I think people, particularly, I would say, you know, millennials, Gen Z, and I think everybody is just going to be like, um, we have to like just do something large. Um, Like a huge shift. The large thing people are getting ready to do is fucking elect a man from prison and, and, and an internet troll. Like, that's what's so fucked. Alley. Well, the people aren't doing that. It's it's you know because the the people aren't the majority of people don't you know we talk about this they don't vote right the majority of people unfortunately what they're doing and which is really sad which only exacerbates the problem is they go on social media and one of the weird things is is that there's supposed to be this kind of like reche- uh, recession and, and and stuff but like everywhere you look people are just spending money people are just buying and buying and buying and I you know. If you want to, um, you know, lower inflation, yeah, interest rates bring them up, but stop buying shit, everybody. Well, but then if you stop buying shit, everybody goes broke. I mean, this is this is what I'm saying about capitalism: is that the resemblance to a Ponzi scheme is not passing, dude. It is fucking really strong. Like, it's, yeah, if you predicate a philosophy, an economic philosophy, on the notion. That as long as growth occurs, growth will occur. That's that's a cancer tumor. It's unchanneled growth, though. Growth, growth, growth. Nothing wrong with growth. Nothing wrong with growth. Look, I mean, the one thing you'll say about capitalism is we have not invented another system in which, you know, that drives um, or, or that taps into humanity's uh, ability to innovate, be creative. Like, just look at this song commissioning thing that you did. I mean, that's a product of capitalism. Technological advances, no, I, sorry. products of capitalism. I, people don't just, people need to have some kind of outside thing that propels them forward. But the problem is for the, before the growth, right? The growth, whether it was through our tax system, whether it was like high marginal rates for rich people, the growth was like, we need to give it to the middle. Because when you give it to the people who actually fully need it, everybody actually benefits, right? Because if you give somebody who's making, who's in the middle or the lower class, you give them money, they're going to put it right back into the economy. They're going to do things that are, are, are good that will propel the economy forward. But for the longest time, we've had a situation in which basically, you know, if you even look at this whole Doug Ford Greenbelt situation where it's just about how do more rich people benefit? And- For the longest time, it was always, for a while, it was enough that like not enough people who were in the middle or lower class paid attention or understood what was going on, right? Because they were, okay, well, I'm swimming through. I I was able to get a house. Okay, I guess I'm okay. But now we're getting to the point where like, to your point, it's like big problems, big problems. Yeah. And they're realizing that like this form, this path that we're on is a path that needs to be changed. But I don't think that these people change. If I've if I've read my history books correctly, they change when you fucking chop their heads off, dude. Like they don't listen to reason. These people, yeah, I, 
the pigs eat until they're slaughtered. Like that's it. it, it and I'm I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying. I think you're metaphor. I think you're speaking a metaphor. I want everyone to. Well, I hope. <laughs> literally, no. I'm speaking literally. Like, yeah, I, I know, I know, I, I know. Think Elon Musk stops being Elon Musk until someone stops him, the the bad way, because the guy is a like this, this need to eat everything, to control everything. Like, for example, okay, the other day, Live Nation announces out of the blue seemingly mm -hmm. that they are stopping all uh they, they're not going to take um commission on merch sales in inside their small venues not their large venues still taking merch commission inside large venues but inside venues under 1500 cap i think it was they're not taking merch commission anymore which is huge they used to take like 30 40 okay times. okay and on top of that they are announced a stipend of $1,500 on top of your guarantee to any band playing in a room that size. That's like massive, okay? Right, that is right. A massive announcement. So they announce it. Everybody goes crazy, right? Yeah. Then it turns out it's only a program that lasts till the end of the year, which includes okay. December, and December practically no one tours. And... When you really look at what they're doing, what they're essentially doing is making it impossible for any independent venue in any city where Live Nation owns a club to book a band because that band is always going to go with a fucking venue that is able to pay them $1,500 more baseline than an independent venue that will take a merch cut because they don't mm. sell for anymore. So what they're really trying to do under the guise of caring about musicians is eliminate their competition, completely and utterly decimate all independent venues in every city they have a club. And right. it's like, like that is- Because the they know those independent ones can't really survive the length of this program. Because they are, a, exactly, because they're a yeah. publicly held company and the only obligation they have is to their shareholders and those shareholders want to see Live Nation stock go up. And if that mm -hmm. means that they have to wipe out every single fucking human being- who wants to put on a music show other than them, then so be it. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's capitalism, it's evil, it's fucking unsustainable, it's psychopathic, and eventually people are going to get violent in response to it. Because there's no other response to violence except violence, eventually. Well, and, and, well say that to Gandhi, say that to Martin Luther King. Yeah, I agree, man. In my heart, I, I have all my life been a pacifist all my life i have espoused pacifism but i have to be honest with you at this point dude i'm not sure i can in good conscience tell you i feel that way hmm. that is yeah you can't i i i i don't think pacifism it, although it's interesting I don't, I don't i don't think violence i don't think violence is going to be the solution here i really it's not it will only no, make Worse. No, but I, I, it really depends who's it, de it depends who's in charge. And there are, you know, there are countries who do things differently. And there are countries that, you know, this isn't something that is like, yes, many parts of this are universal. Um, but there are examples in which it's it's not as bad or in many cases it's good. And it's it's important for us to be. Don't you think that governments are kind of like uh they're straw men. Like they're not real. They they're not running things. 
No, sadly they are. That's that's the problem. Sadly they are. You can't you can't shit on Trudeau in one sentence, which is fine, understandable, and then also be like have the conspiratorial. I'm not saying you're being cons a conspiracy theorist, but the thing that I hear where it's like, oh well, they're not really in control. Like it doesn't really matter, you know. You have to choose control, aren't they? I mean, Justin Trudeau has to respond to the reality whether he wants to shut down all the pipelines right now or not. He has no plan B. He can't be like, uh, hey guys, the Trans Mountain Pipeline, it's no bueno and we're not going to do it anymore and um, just call us and we'll send you some money. They don't fucking have any money. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's, he is beholden to the fact that we've all bought into this Ponzi scheme and we have to keep it going. Otherwise, we're all going to lose our shit. Like... That's where, to me, there is, as you said, there is no solution to this. There's a breaking point. There's no resolution. There's just failure. There's just system-wide failure. And, like, and, 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 and it's not, it's uh, like a policy is not going to be no, enough. Uh, no, because no. like this is, this is something that's like in now the kind of soul of us because the solution to all this really is in a way um, a, a level of integrity. Meaning that when you when you yeah. run for something and you say you're going to do something, you do it. Or if you can't do it, you come up and you explain why, and you and you apologize, and you make a, and you say I made a mistake. And yeah. in respect to Trudeau, I think you know he came in um, with uh, promises of electoral reform. He didn't do it. He came in with promises in respect to the pipeline. He didn't do it. And it's like just don't promise things you can't do. But that's all they ever do. And now Pierre Poilievre's promising a bunch of shit. Not only yeah, it's all bullshit. He doesn't even want to do. And everyone's yeah. like, okay, well, looks like he's our man. I mean, this is the other thing, Ali, is like, stupid is the virus, dude. Like, what Absolutely. Are, what are you supposed to do if people are so fucking dumb that they think Pierre Poilievre is going to solve the housing crisis? Like, I don't know what to, like, what? You, you, we're gonna reap what we sow. I mean, it's yeah. starting to feel a little biblical around here. Like, if you're so goddamn far away from even pretending to open a book, then I don't know what to tell you. You're fucked. We're fucked. And and well, so speaking of yeah, speaking of reading a book, I mean, it's like evident where they brought the fucking Nazi into the House of Commons, and no one asked a simple question like. Like, wait a second, if he fought against the Russians, wouldn't that probably make him uh, an Axis power? Like, it's wouldn't he... Be with the <laughs> wait a second. Like, and there's no shot of someone looking at, at, at the MP beside him and be like, hold on a second, why are we clapping? Like, even give me that. We didn't even get that. But that's a dead... I mean, I, I don't know if it's, if it's correlated, but... That's the algorithm in real life, dude. That right there is the algorithm in real life. Russia bad, Ukraine good. If you are a person who's got your flag, your Ukraine flag up on your stupid fucking social media profile, it's always that. That's your binary. And that's the only thing you can recognize or understand. So and, even, even if you're an MP and you yeah. know, there's probably 30% of them were like, should we be clapping for this guy? Because he might be a Nazi. They're like, yeah. well, if I don't clap, then I'll be seen as a pro-Russia <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, idiocy they were all trapped in, including the our fucking, you know, fucking actor in chief 
Justin Trudeau. Like he doesn't he hasn't read a book lately. He's not Well, I I don't think it's like I I don't put it on, you know, Trudeau or 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 really kind of I would love to know like how this happened and part of it is like it seems like the C team is around. You know, it's like he came into office 2015 and then it's just like, you know, they go away, they leave and now it's like I'm sorry, like as a liberal, it's C team over there. It's and man, and, and they need to like step it up. Yeah, they need to really step it up. I think also though this and then you know, I mean, we should probably just have like a eulogy or a pre-eulogy for X, aka Twitter. But it seems like just like generally what's going on in respect to like anti-Semitism is like an entire world, uh, not um, uh, reading history. Yep, and and I think maybe like either of uh, not interested it not being taught or maybe avoiding the darkness of it i think there's a lot of people who now they don't want to learn or read anything that is like truly uncomfortable yeah and this sounds like a very weird thing to say but like i'm kind of like obsessed with the nazis and i don't mean i'm obsessed in a in a way where it's like i need to understand Okay, so let's talk about this. I, too, have been obsessed lately because I actually dug into the life of Hitler. And I never really understood how Hitler came to power before. And yeah. I listened to this very long BBC podcast, which was really good. Called, yeah. I can't remember. But it was about the rise of Nazis. Oh, so you, so you didn't call Kanye for... for I didn't Hitler. call Kanye. No, okay, like, you, you went to the BBC. Okay, that's good. Just Kanye is truly noted. I, I'm aware of his feelings. <laughs> uh, and, and it is just absolutely terrifying how terrifying similarities there are between Trump's story and Hitler's story. And Hitler was in prison. Hitler was in prison for a couple of years. He mm-hmm. emerged more powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people, the establishment who thought that they could mock him or sort of put him in a role where he would be a ceremonial thing and nobody would really pay attention they all underestimated him. The establishment underestimated him. Uh, there, it, it's just like the guy has read Mein Kampf and he's doing these things aware of what the past has been. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. And the people around him know. And I don't think that it's even that secret anymore. Like, I think that what X or Twitter or whatever, I think what Elon Musk is allowing into the world, that guy's the joker, man. Like, he he is a chaos agent, and Don uh-huh. is a chaos agent, and the what just makes me fucking enraged every day and makes my wife be like, dude, you've got to shut the fuck up, is the fact that the left or the progressive movement has offered nothing as an alternative, nothing. What so, would your dream alternative look like? To be honest, like and write chaos, a story. Taking chaos, they are choosing chaos. What would my alternative? Yeah, be? yeah like 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 it's called justice. Okay, taxing yeah. fucking billionaires until they're not billionaires anymore. It's called a ninety-five percent tax rate for anyone making over twenty million dollars a year. It's called fucking redistributing the wealth to the people, man. It's called mm-hmm. socialism. It's called democratic socialism. 
Bernie Sanders has been a proponent of it for 40 years. He's the only goddamn senator who's gotten anything done for the American people. If we had elected him instead of our own movement fucking him over, he, this world would be a different place. But, you know, we've, we had Stephen Lewis. We had Charlie Angus. We had Bernie Sanders. We have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And we have Ayanna Presley. Those are serious people. They're serious people and they're socialists. They have solutions. And the fucking mainstream media and the mainstream corporate world will bury them before they bury Nazis. They every single time. Yes, they I, will. I, I don't disagree. Listen, I think, and I'm going to just take the two contemporary examples you listed, Bernie Sanders and AOC, for instance. Both of them get absolute and total mainstream coverage. AOC is on every single establishment Sunday political show every single Sunday. And I consider her one of the, listen, I consider her one of the greatest communicators and she's able to articulate these ideas in a way that is digestible, understandable, and most importantly, evocative. It makes you want to do something. And if she ran for president, all they talk, she would lose. Rest she wore. No, 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 no. The, the 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 sad thing is, the sad thing is, we might not, and, and this is why it's important to like get around and just like talk to people. The sad thing is there's just a lot of people who listen to these ideas and they think they're terrible and they think they're uh, damaging. They think they're limiting. They think they're, and, and I'm not judging what they're feeling. I'm just literally telling you how they feel because- I hear this all the time from like, you know, Bernie folk. Um, Bernie just did not, even with Hillary Clinton, like whatever you want to say, like he simply did not amass enough delegates. In respect to him against Biden, he simply did not. Not enough of the party wanted it. He would. They just didn't want it. Clock. You think so? I don't know. How does I don't know how the only I don't know how Bernie Sanders would have won Georgia. This this goes straight. I, to what I'm saying is that, look. When people are scared mm-hmm. and they are broke and they are insecure about their future and the future of their children and they mm-hmm. feel the ground fundamentally shifting under them, it is the easiest fucking bait and switch on earth to say to them, well, I have the solution. It's that guy's fault over there. You see mm-hmm. those Jews, you see those immigrants, you see those other people, it's their fault. See those trans people? The, the culture's shifting. That's why you feel insecure. It's not that you don't have any goddamn say in how this society is run or that you, you don't feel like hard work means anything anymore. It's that you are being threatened by somebody from the outside. And instead of us saying, no, that is not true, this is who you're being threatened by. Disney. Fucking. This is Donald Trump's resonance. It's called populism. It doesn't just have to be the domain of fascists, man. We can actually talk to the working class as well if we weren't so stuck up our own asses about culture war bullshit that nobody cares about and that doesn't mean anything in the real fucking world. And this is why we are such easy goddamn targets. It's like, yeah, you can build as many diversity and equity committees as you want made up of upper middle class people. And they can be brown people, white people, whoever the hell you want. The class war will not end until working class people are on those fucking committees. And that's never going to happen because they protect themselves just as much as the right does. 
The fucking liberal elite lives in this world of like absolute moral certainty. And frankly, like looking back, was it a good idea to ask the working class to work 12 hours a day in masks and then not see their relatives while we stayed home and fucking ordered Uber Eats? No, it was not. Mm -hmm. It was a bad fucking idea. And now they're like, fuck those people. They're hypocrites. And I can't say that we're not. So like, I don't know, man. It's, it's killing me. It's fucking killing me that not one... And you see, you know, Jagmeet now is on the fucking Twitter going, he's talking it, he's talking the game, he's like, he's all about wealth inequity and blah, 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 blah. But as you say, he's not going to do anything that will fundamentally change this situation. No one will, because this mm -hmm. is require complete corruption in order to... We'd have to fuck it. So it's going to... Yeah, there has to be like kind of, I hate to use the word again, but like a real... Um, kind of new deal. Uh, you mentioned about, um, like in Germany, for instance, they have certain laws that mandates uh, workers have to be on the board of companies. Right. And like just that little bit of a shift there, I think it, it the, the challenge is, is like, how do you package that in a way that galvanizes enough people? And I really do think there's an opportunity for um, new leaders to kind of it'll probably take a little bit of time but once the dust kind of settles for for like a real kind of um, shift I mean it, it's it's it has happened however the the challenge we have is that we have um, a stupid way in terms of how we get information and how we educate people and uh, uh that is really, really the 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 biggest challenge. Is that like difficult? Huh? Are you gonna run again? You gonna try and do it again? Yeah, I think so. No, I I will when the time is right. When the time is right, I I will, I will. I hope so. Um, when the opportunity kind of like, you know, presents itself, and I come in with like just like a lot of more um knowledge and understanding, and um, but uh. Yeah, be your campaign manager. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, Dork, I want to win. No, 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 no. I, that's what you think. We gotta be nice. We gotta flip the script, man. That's the thing is that this is this is exactly what I'm saying. Is that we have all been convinced in the progressive left that if we say the truth, we're not gonna ever win. No, I disagree. Like, that's if I was to run again, there's certain things like you know, I I I kind of speak openly. Like, I uh, the other day I was in a car and we were talking about politics and we were and just like also like diversity and stuff like that. And 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 something I said was like I I, I do want to say uh, to all of you, um, I I really feel like y you do not achieve what we need to achieve by um, you know saying that white people are inherently bad or even believing it. And uh, it's really important to kind of say that aloud. Um, also, like I'm somebody who isn't fully on board with critical race theory. I'm just not. I think particularly in respect to children, I think putting them uh, in a situation where a child thinks that they are, um, you know, bad because they are white or that they carry a burden because they are white really, that's I, I just if they end up thinking that that's a bad teacher i mean well that's not well that's a part of a lot of it that's a part of a lot of what's being kind of like put out there okay. i just i just realized that like that like doing that doing We're that is it's children 
Huh? D- Germany is extremely fucking hardcore about what it tells children. The difference is it's collective. It's collective guilt. It is. 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 It is, it is Look what we as an entire kind of country did and look what we are capable of. And it's it it stems there's a difference between it's it's a nature versus nurture thing. And I think that I am somebody that is full hundred percent on nurture. I think every ounce of hate is taught. I think every ounce of kindness is taught. I think everyone starts at a baseline and you decide where to go. And there's just enough evidence to prove that that in some places, some human beings do X in some places, some human beings do Y. And also, why is it that in cities where there's inherent levels of diversity, there's less kind of like crazy racist ideas because there's exposure, people learn. So I think you you just cannot compare the two. You just simply the cannot opposite. compare the two. And also, it's against like... I'm kind of like a Barack Obama progressive. Barack Obama is somebody who probably looks at a lot of what's happening in the social justice world and goes, wait a second, wait a second. This is not what I think is right, nor this is not what I've and I and probably Martin Luther King and those who preceded me like have been fighting for. This yeah, is not. I'm, I'm just not interested in it as a tool of war. That's, you know, to, whether or not I'm not. That's the thing about the whole. Also, you lose people. You lose people because you could have the best economic argument all the time. But if you don't make that person who you are speaking to make if you if you make them feel less than you don't have to make them feel superior. You don't have to make anybody feel superior. But a politics of making a certain set of groups less than or making them feel like shit or putting guilt upon them and not giving them a path to, you know, uh, 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 you know, forgiveness, to not giving them a path out, that's not going to work. And it, it, there, there is no way that if you tell somebody that because they are X, they are Y, that that person is not going to just double down yeah. and, 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 and like maybe move towards things that you don't like. You know, I, I, um, the, the whole Soji, uh, thing you know which i didn't really know about until after the fact do you know about this no so so there was an education program that was about teaching kids about queer and trans people and that they exist etc and of course there was a big internet led bunch of protests protect our kids this is like a you know the right are you oh yeah oh okay yeah one new shit right is like protect our kids so my my one of a relation of mine who is a non-binary person was at a, a counter protest in one of these things mm-hmm. and was talking about how like there was all these people with signs saying protect our kids and there were way more people of course who were there saying love is love and fucking mm-hmm. bullshit and you know we're everybody's welcome in our community etc because people are good and the majority of us don't give a shit what other people do they we just want to we just want to fucking watch Netflix. But um, so so my relative was saying like, then at some point now that that a lot of the people in this Protect Our Kids rally were people of color, were Muslims, were, yeah. were new arrivals in the country. Sure. Okay. Sure. 
And this largely white crowd of people who were there to protect people who were queer and trans from being abused mm -hmm. started to chant, go home mm. to this crowd of people. Mm. Now, my relative was not aware of whether this chant was like implying what it seemed to imply. Yeah. But, you know, what they were basically saying was like, this was a fucking appalling moment for me. Yeah, there's no way you chant well, without well, knowing we, that. We are going to have to face something we have not faced uh, on the left, which is people who we have naturally protected, who we have seen as allies, i.e. immigrants, minorities of all kinds, right? Like being left wing is about protecting the rights of the minority, making sure that those who are weakest mm -hmm. in society have rights, et cetera, et cetera, right? We have to now reconcile with the notion that there may be people who we see one way who are in fact completely not that way at all. Yeah, I think ultimately what we're saying is that like this is the ultimate problem of identity absolutism. Exactly. Where you are defined exactly by your identity and that's it. Yeah. And, and 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 I think that if you take some it's steps, pretty fucking small when you small yeah. politics this way, man. It gets And the more you separate and divide, the more the more people just become hardened. And as somebody who knows from experience, you know, because I came from a Muslim country and there's no way that, you know, my my family now is who they are now if it wasn't for, you know, integration, if it wasn't for hard conversations um, uh, of of like me and my sisters and my cousins. And you, 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 you have to kind of be able to... Um, see each other fully and be around each other and to like change these people because if because all that is happening right now is that um no one is softening in general like but nobody is softening the wrong way into the conversation to me when you look at those group of people who are come from culturally conservative places and have arrived in canada you don't start conferences like, it's not like, welcome to Canada. We don't fucking like your views on trans people. What you do is you say, welcome to Canada. I bet you're not earning what you thought you would here. I bet it's a lot harder to live here than you thought it would be. I bet it isn't the land of milk and honey that you imagined it would be when you sweated your- Yeah, that's the, but that's the economic, honestly, Tor, that's the economic, that's the economic anxiety argument that is wrong. No, what I'm saying is we have a common enemy. And it's about a hundred white guys. Mm -hmm. Like, like, let's fucking focus here, people. And then when mm -hmm. we make those people realize that left-wing policies, that a social welfare state, that a state that cares about people and makes sure people have a livable income and have somewhere to live they can afford is a state that inherently believes in the rights of everyone. And if you want to live in a state where you're protected economically, then you have to tolerate everyone being protected and if you don't like that, then we got a problem, right? Sure. Like that's the, the way in is not to be like, if you don't like trans people, we got a problem. Interesting, Torque. You're making kind of like a capitalistic argument because what you're saying is that like at the end of the day, money can solve all problems. No, I'm saying at the end of the day, economic <laughs> justice can solve yeah, a lot of distribution of money. Correct. We're getting asked backwards. Slavery was a function of capitalism. 
It didn't cause capitalism. Capitalism caused it. And the same mm -hmm. thing's happening now. We're all wage slaves. And the reason we're allowed there, it's happening is because everyone's focusing on fucking bullshit on, you know, uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey or fucking. This is like wakey, wakey, people. Fucking wakey, fucking wakey. It's not sexy. But if we're going to continue to fight this war on this bullshit culture stuff, man, see you later. Work. Yeah, but you, I, I, I don't know what to do because in respect to the what you're talking about with those, you know, the the listen, trans people are in trouble, you know, and yeah, how, what do you? And, and I know we're having like an epistemological conversation about this. Like we're saying, wait, how did we get here? And I think the argument that we're making is, we got here because of absolute and uh, pledging allegiance to identity. As opposed to the fact that somebody being trans is a part of them, it is a defining thing, but it's not, nothing is ever all of somebody. But also, listen to me, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that the fight for trans rights or for rights of all pe disabled people or elderly people, let's not just focus on trans people because there are people of all kinds who are suffering poverty at extraordinary levels, violence against them and neglect, like not just trans people, old people, disabled people. Uh, people on the spectrum, lots of people are having mm -hmm. an experience similar to trans people. And those, all those people need serious legislative action and protection. They mm -hmm. need the political class to step up and make sure they are protected under the law. And then that political class needs to hold the fucking police accountable if they don't enforce that law. That's not about whether or not Disney has a trans character in their new fucking cartoon. I know mm -hmm. that's entertaining to yell at people about on Twitter. It is oh, yeah, it's so stupid. In the extreme. There's only so many hours in a day. I, I, I know that sounds very simple, but that's really it. These questions to really petty bullshit. And that's it's not petty bullshit. It's life or death for people. It's life or death for trans people. It's life or death for disabled people. That mm -hmm. shit is about what political action Change mm -hmm. in legislation, not fucking mm -hmm. whether or not your uncle agrees with you about whether Harry Styles should wear a dress. Please shut the fuck up. Honestly, you're you're boring everybody with that bullshit. So uh, until we stop that nonsense, man, I'm concerned because it makes us such a target. It just makes us look like a bunch of muling idiots. And we're not muling idiots. We're people who believe in compassion. So let's fucking focus, man. You know, and it's true in art too. Like, did you read? Okay, did you read that big article that's going around about? <laughs> I love. I mean, I love the article. I don't know who it was by, but it was like, what if we thought about the audience in the theater? <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think that's one of the. I think that's one of the last things that we said. I've got a crazy idea here. What if you yeah. thought? What would people like to see? And then we did it. <laughs> but yeah. people responding, mostly as far as I can see, very positively to this article, which is great. Because mm -hmm. you know, I think it's a salient point. We are, after all, attempting to sell tickets. But but the funding arm, okay, in Canada, we're a tiny little country. We have this massive cultural influence from the South, 10 times more people. So we need like we need our art to be uh, subsidized to a certain degree. It's a big, huge, empty place. It takes a long time to get around. And it's yeah. interesting. We all know the reasons. 
So we need our art to be subsidized. Those funding organizations are now married, lot, stock, and barrel. It is embedded. It is fucking buried in their shit to have their grant-giving thing have nothing to do with whether or not you're making art that somebody might want to see. Like, they don't give a fuck. It is entirely predicated on politics, right? Like, aesthetics equals politics. So, like, mm. how do we reverse that? It, it, the, the artistic community might suddenly realize, hey, you know, like, as an indigenous person, I wouldn't just like to make a play that I get a grant for. I'd also like to make a play that's a hit and that gets done in 13 theaters around the country. And and the, the funding board is like, well, we're not really into artists making money. I mean, that's not really... Uh, you know, you're going to have to come up with a more liturgical reason for doing this. It's better to be dogma, you know? It's right. Like I think ultimately it, be it becomes like uh, um, funding for the individual or is it funding for the community? Because it, there is something in like, here, we'll give you money to make this thing. And if nobody sees it, at least you got this opportunity to flex your kind of uh, artistic muscles in a way you probably wouldn't have if it was only a commercial enterprise. And there is some value in that, but that's something that probably should be like in the grand scheme of the entire budget, a smaller amount. And the large amount should be that like if art, if art is made and if art, art is not seen by the citizens, publicly funding it does not make sense because you're not getting the society exactly. its benefits. Exactly. But also like, I don't think you should have to be, I don't, you know, the, as far as I can tell, I mean, I only make it halfway through grants most of the time because my brain feels like it's going to fucking melt. But uh, it seems to me the, the central question of these applications is, what does your art mean? What are you, what are you trying to say? I don't right. know. You know what I mean? I don't know. What, when, since when did an artist knowing what their art means be a qualification for making good art? Right. Sorry, I missed that memo. Like, that is not how art's made. You don't go, well, I've got something to say about something and I'm going to make some art about it. I mean, maybe some people do, but I sure as shit don't. Stupid question, though. Stupid question. I've never really done a grant uh, application. <laughs> but, but you know when you ask for, like, money from an investor, you have to be like, I've done audience research. Yeah. I've, you know... I have like like an MVP on a product. I've, you know, assessed like the market and this is the possible kind of like, you know, it's obviously different because it's public, right? But it's like a return on investment. Is there anything like that? Or is it more about just tell me this thing that you want to do and then we're going to have a body of people just like look at it and be like, oh, this aligns with our aesthetic. I think it depends I, on the funding body you're talking about. But in my experience, the idea... As you said, which I think is so true, right? It's like art pays, right? Like we all know this. When people put money into art, it, it, it actually creates wealth in the community because it's not just the artists. It's the waiters and the taxi drivers and everybody else. When people go out and see art, it's good for cities. It's good for people. But like there is no foundational idea in the grant giving community right now that is predicated on the notion that they should help you create wealth for yourself in this piece of art. That doesn't mean the piece of art has to be radically commercial or whatever. Mm. As you say, it's like, 
even or take this to theater schools or to film schools. Are there courses where people are like, okay, so you're entering a profession with 95% unemployment. So when you get a job, you're going to want to save X amount, like Ali Moman, you should be teaching this class at a theater school. Like how to be right. an actor and not be fucking broke should be yeah. a class that kids are taking because we are just, but, but that would go against the whole way the system's built, which is you're a genius, you're a mystical artist and you want to talk about profound things. Here's some money. Don't worry. Don't worry about where it's coming from or whether you'll get it again or who's going to get it next. Just take it now and go off into fairyland and make your fairy dust. It's fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. That's, it's not, that's not how art's made. It's not what no. we're like. It's not, that's not what artists want to do. Artists want artists want people to clap for them or to look at their art or to sell their art or to listen. Or art. Holy fuck, yeah. it's more rocket surgery, people. So why are we doing this whole, like, what does it all mean? And let's change society by giving this person a grant. Oh, please. You change society by having art in it. I mean, this is the foundational idea of this podcast that we don't do anymore. If you change society when you have creative hearts, beating in the fucking community and if you don't have them beating in the community society ends up very much the way it is right now is yeah we fucking fuck hey listen did I did you like the oh, sorry did you like the strikes how do you feel about you know i love the it right what are you talking yeah. about of course i like the yeah. strikes and as far as i know the writers guild won uh i'm gonna push back on that but yeah i mean they did they did i think they got as good as they can get but i think um you know they got a five percent bump which is uh kind of like below inflation six months they didn't work which you consider all the money that they lost there there's going to be less productions done and they like, huh? didn't they get a big ai concession though like wasn't it uh the ai concession is that basically that the studios can't present to them work that was started by ai and that they have to then uh, they they have to get uh, the human credit. I basically, it's like a human has to have done it. But again, this is only for like three years, right, or five years or something. AI, w with the exception of like a uh, Christmas movie, AI is great, but AI is not there yet. So for the studios to say, yeah, we'll talk about this in like you know five years is great. It just allows tech to get better. The the most, yeah, the most important thing right. though is that like the residual thing. So basically, it's that if you, um, if your show or movie is watched by twenty percent of the subscriber base, and you get a bonus of like fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars, which is really nice. However, that sounds really good, but uh, I just heard that the Succession finale, which one would consider probably HBO's most, you know, gem of a show, the finale of Succession was only watched by six percent of their subscribers. So the the odds of having a show that is 20% of the subscribers, like people say everyone watches everything, but I don't know if like 20% of people watched Wednesday. I don't know 20% of Netflix subscribers watched Stranger Things. I don't know. I don't well, know. I do think there is like real cultural entropy happening. Like people have become completely under how much content <laughs> You know, they used that. They I didn't feel the strike as a as a watcher, as a viewer. Oh. I did not feel the strike at all. I finally was able to catch up on everything. Yeah, and no, and like, I just don't think people have all. You know, the the TikTok, the phones, the colonization of people's attention. Oh yeah, for sure. Face 
And now even a half hour TV show is just a little too much time because you might miss something on TikTok. Like, I, I, I just think it's, uh, we're, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but like, I actually think we are past the point and there is nothing to be done. Like, that we are something as is really gonna happen that's really really cataclysmic and bad um and that that might be the only way out like that might be the only way to some sort of a beginning and uh, i think that that beginning is profoundly different but you know my dad was on fucking rations for 15 years of his life <laughs> you know anybody who lived in england was on rations into the 50s. And they still like did great shit and you know, like had amazing times and made great art. And I just think this thing of more, 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 it's gonna, it's gotta stop. It's it's gonna end. Just like the beginning of our conversation. Like well, it's a bubble. Yeah. I mean the bubble bursts. Bubble bursts, and then there's gonna be a lot, lot less for everyone. And that's gonna involve an enormous amount of suffering. And that's terrible. But I think there will also be through that, I guess we're gonna learn another fucking lesson. Like we've just forgotten lessons. We've forgotten fundamental lessons about democracy, about racism, about ec the economy, about everything about community about getting together we've forgotten all kinds of things so i guess we're gonna learn the hard way one more time mm -hmm. <laughs> like what else can we do but learn the hard way one more fucking time that we're all in this together and that kindness is the only way through it i don't know it, it does <laughs> i don't know you're, you're saying this and i'm literally just thinking of the fact that like Donald Trump might become president again. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm and saying. And I just, yeah, I just what do you go. Think the chances of that are. I think they're high. I think they're 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 definitely high. I think you know, I don't know. You know, Biden is definitely old, and he's not he, well. I don't think he's just an old guy. Like he acts old. You know, he's slower. His voice is hoarse. He's. But then, you know, I saw recently he did this uh, speech in Arizona. It was like about democracy. And it was basically that, you know, this is a fight against very similar to his 2020. This is a fight against, you know, the MAGA wing of the Republican Party. Um, and he was lucid. He was funny. He was like, he was OK. And I just uh, there was a part of me that wonders, like, maybe it's beneficial for him for the bar to be set low like it was for Reagan. And then, you know, Reagan had that famous moment in the debate um, against, uh, was it Mondale? Yeah, I think so. Who basically, he was like, I'm not going to let the um, youth inex inexperience. And he kind of turned hitting yeah. world onto his thing. And I don't know, maybe Joe has that. Maybe he has that in him. I don't know. I think, I, I think more about, as I was saying, about like, you know, the Von Bismarck or whoever this like, old school aristocrat who was basically put up against Hitler, you know, as, as he was chancellor and Hitler was trying to become chancellor. And eventually he sort of was like, in order to let's let Hitler reveal himself to everybody. Let's let Hitler be chancellor because he's such a doofus that once he is, everybody will see what we see. And to me, that's the democratic establishment is they're just like, 
they, they fucking they would do anything other than put someone under 70 in charge of their party yeah like i'll say that's stupid like and and uh i i wish joe biden i wish biden you know would have when he ran, he said, he goes, I'm going to be a bridge to the next generation. And the subtext of that to me was always like, I'm going to maybe do one term and then I'm going to allow it. Because there are some people that would like wipe the floor with Donald Trump. You know, the the governor, uh, Meg Whitmer, the governor of Michigan. I don't know if you ever heard Gavin Newsom. Like just I know he's California and California would, you know, they win no matter what that state. But the way he's able to like articulate things he's it's, no dummy. It's, no he's no dummy and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie he's very tall and handsome so yeah he's got good tvq i think but this is what's so crazy is that even this discussion alley feels old-fashioned ultimately you could roll out a rotting salmon for the democratic party and everybody and it would be trump if it was if it wasn't just old joe yeah everybody who who wa- didn't want uh a new hitler would vote yeah. for yeah. And everybody who did, <laughs> and yeah. that's half the country, yeah, will vote for Donald Trump. So you, I think we've seen this man is absolutely bulletproof. I mean, not literally, and that might be the only solution. But what happens if he's like convicted? I, he's got his Supreme Court. And don't even fuck in front for one second and don't tell me that David Brooks two weeks into it will be like in the New York Times going, well, we can't have an executive in chief in prison. <laughs> and, you know, I know Donald Trump's done the wrong thing and we all know that, but I think we've made our point now and it's better to get back to the status quo. That's what will happen. That's what happened with Hitler. That's what I'm saying is it's like, it's eerie how fucking simple He said, he said, uh, he was at a speech yesterday and Trump, it's just crazy how we just don't care. But he literally said, that I want to have a justice system in which if you're shoplifting and you're walking out the store, you got to get shot right away, filled. And 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 he also brought up, you know, Nancy Pelosi's husband, who was literally attacked with a hammer by some conspiracy theorist nut job. And he was like, "Hey, how's her husband doing, by the way?" Ha ha ha. And you're it, it's it, it's real. It's, They're it's into real. it. They're into it. And as uh, that's what I'm saying, it's just the smug complacency of the progressive left holy shit or even the center left like you think that you can just reason your way out of this man no it's a feel thing it definitely is a feel thing and it's it's yeah and and it has to do with the fact and and this is also something that's very interesting in like the iranian uh american community like they're incredibly pro-trump because Trump was like worse to the Iranian regime and to them that's all that matters and Biden is more of like look you know this is we have to do what we can um with the Iran yeah yeah and you got to build the relationships and it takes time and I'm you know whatever but it's People like this kind of over status quo because we have provided no third alternative other than if you don't agree with us about every single solitary cultural issue on this list you are fucking out of here. That has yeah. been our position. Well, but that's on both sides. That's on both sides. It's about that's on both sides. No, it's not. Yes. No, no. Yes, it is. Yes, it Lauren is. There's Boebert, litmus tests Lauren everywhere. Boebert. There's litmus tests everywhere. Lauren Boebert can give a hand job in a movie theater, and she's just fine as long as she continues to hate gay people. 
the the right are way bigger tent. As long as you hate, as long as you have hate in your heart for anyone who isn't like you, come on in. You don't have to be an evangelical Christian. You don't have to be anything. As long as you're a bigot, join the club. We're like, as long as you follow the following list of 700 things, cultural norms and uses of language that we have all agreed upon, that are unproblematic, then you can be part of our club. If you in any way violate this list, <laughs> fuck you. I think that's slowly changing. I think that's slowly changing. Well, I changing. hope so, because it ain't yeah, yeah, I think been working for us, kids. No, no, no. I, I think it's slowly changing. And power to Pierre Poilievre right on that bullshit. So fucking stop it, please. Mm -hmm. It's really getting tiresome. Like I think oh, the most, but 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 the thing though, the important thing is this: that the reason why I think like Trump exists is that there isn't a one unifying idea of like we are in a room together. That at the end of the day, all of us are either Canadian or American. It's nobody this, believes that anymore, Ali. Nobody, nobody believes that. Yeah. You need to have like. Human beings need to have some form of unifying. It's like when you're in the Rogers Center, you're a Jays fan, and yeah. you could have a different opinion. Like, I went to, it's funny, they made the playoffs, but I went to this game where they were like right towards the end, and they were fucking up, and the fans were booing them, you know, and then they were, but there was this sense of like, I disagreed with the booing, I was still cheering, but it was like, we, you, you know, if you don't share... A, like at least some semblance of a story like if you don't share at least the first paragraph and then let it be choose your own adventure we're fucked and we're at this place where everyone is just so utterly and absolutely selfish that they say to themselves yeah the sycophants who are trump nutsos fine the maga whatever but the ones who are like you know what like as long as i get my tax cut or as long as i get this little thing this one single issue thing for me, I don't care about this. Like I would give our, if you're a progressive and you don't ask yourself a serious question about why an Iranian immigrant who wants their country to come out from under fucking power of a brutal terrorist, fucking totalitarian, misogynist regime supports a demagogue fascist. And you're not saying, why don't they support us? Right? Like, ask yourself that fucking question. Because if we don't answer that question for ourselves, we're done here. The, the fascists are going to take over. If they can actually convince Iranian people that Donald Trump is the best solution to their issues, that is our failure. Yeah, like we fucked up. We're that not, we're not articulating. Failure. Yeah, we're just not. We're not meeting people and we're not like... We're not having the right conversations, you know, even 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 to that group of like new coming newcomer Muslims who are really like ignorant and hateful. Um, you, you have to you have to change their minds. You have to figure out a way to to get them um, because it does happen. Even, you know, it does happen. Yeah, and what I'm saying is I think the way you get them is by giving them what they thought they were going to get when they got here, which is a better living <laughs> than the one they right. had 
in the place. So they say like we have a better living, and this is a part of it. A part of it is that's that right. compassion yeah. society. Yeah, that's why. That's why most. That's why a lot of people like you know you 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 see a woman walking around with a hijab, and she's like at 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 a uh, at a pool, which is something that like does not exist um, in in a Muslim country where like men and women are in bikinis and bathing suits. It doesn't exist, but they're there, and you always wonder like I wonder how this woman feels. Like, because I know that this is against their religion. But to your point, she's probably feeling to herself, this is what I've accepted for a better life. She's getting used to it. Yeah, you know this mean? is what. And then maybe one day she'll be like, you know what? Well, I'll go for a swim. You know? Yeah. Or but yeah, but but she accepts. But they accept that the differences occur because it's it's worth it. So, yes, my kid is going to a school in which they have these progressive kind of or what I think are different than my religion ideas. But. This is the country I signed up for because the alternative. No. And the differences are beautiful. I mean, I as a kid, listen, we we had bit major problems we weren't even acknowledging when I was a kid. But one of the things I remember was this notion of multiculturalism was about like, yeah, you're not ever going to be like me and I'm not ever going to be like you. We're not going to celebrate the same holidays or maybe wear the same clothes. But like we're all gonna go to the Jays game and we're all gonna live in this neighborhood together. And I love that fucking yeah. Iranian pastry that you make. And you love getting a Slurpee. And like we live in Toronto together and everybody's different. And it kind of is yeah. cool that we all look different. Let's just be in Toronto and do our different weird shit, you know? And like Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like that was but that was predicated on the fact that I lived in a neighborhood where we were the only white family on a street on Brunswick Avenue, man. Mm -hmm. Brunswick Avenue filled now with houses that are worth four and a half million dollars was a working class, lower middle class, working class neighborhood filled with immigrants from Portugal, from all over the world, from Jamaica, from Italy, from Poland, from all over the world. And they were all there. All the old grandmas, they didn't speak a lick of English, didn't matter. The guy, the the Chinese guy at the corner, he knew how to communicate with them. Like everybody was living in the same economy. <laughs> everybody was living in the same fucking economy. There was economic justice, and so we were kind of like, okay, cool, well, we'll do our thing. Now it's like you come to Canada, you're living in a two hundred story high rise in some shithole in fucking the middle of nowhere <laughs> above yeah. the seven. And you're taking a train for two hours to a job that pays you barely enough to get by for ten years, and you're like, "Fuck this place!" It's well, it's, a lot, of, a lot, a lot of immigrants are leaving. They're just they're 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 leaving. leaving. If I was them, I mean, yeah, I would not. I would. This is not a place where I'd be like, "Man, to offer right now? How can you afford anything? How can anyone have hope here except for the richest people in the country?" Yes, I, 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 I have two cousins. I, this is the I'm, you know I'm being rhetorical, but I suggest this is the kind of rhetoric maybe that someone on the left should fucking try. You don't have to well, Polyev does this kind of rhetoric, and that that's the thing that people I don't exactly get that that he 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 speaks he's like he's terrible at it. Imagine if we had someone who was good at it. Imagine if I I don't think he's it. terrible at it. I don't think he's terrible at it. I think he's actually I think you're better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But oh, I, I think he's actually very, very good at it. I mean, he has some like dumbass ideas. Use condom, though. I mean, the man is absolute skin crawlingly gross. I, like, so, but a used condom, what is like eighty percent effective? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. You're right. That's a pretty good. I don't know. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I want your thoughts uh, on Justin Sophie. Uh, can you give me as a liberal party insider? Can you give me some thoughts on that? <laughs> I don't know. What is there? I mean, there were some some, some of my friends left, like when it happened, left. they were like, he needs to go. He needs to go. I'm like, uh, I mean, his wife's I mean, 60 percent of marriages, 56 percent of marriages end. You know, and that those are the ones that end. The people that are still together are fucking unhappy, most of them. I mean, imagine how much you must hate your partner if that partner ran a country. <laughs> like Exactly. You know what I mean? Like like I, I get pissed off when it's like, it's past eight and you're still working. Let's watch TV together, you know? Like, I know. Imagine, know. If, imagine if it was like, sorry, I'm not gonna be there for your birthday for the fifth year running because I'm in Azerbaijan. Yeah. Later. And then he find and then when they take the fucking vacation, they go to Tofino and they get shot on. And I think it's just kind of like this is not a this is there's this is not the way. You know what? And they're both still young. Um I, I bet you Sophie's Sophie's like living the dream. And I think, you know, Justin is soon gonna he's like Yeah. I don't know. I kind of think maybe he'll be like soon. It's so funny that we are so the Canadian the, if this was like France. He would literally be like world's most eligible bachelor. They'd be like, oh my God, who's like, he he would like play it. Like he would go in. He'd be on dates. He'd be on Hinge. You know what I mean? He'd be on Tinder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be like, if this was Europe. Yeah. Even if it was 1974 in Canada. Oh, yeah. Dad was a player. He went out there and dated people. was hung out. Yeah. Margot Kidder and all that, you know, like. Yeah. But no, you can't. No, there's no, there's. There's, there's no fun anymore. Oh, no, it's like the right, no shame whatsoever about yeah. anything. The left, shame about every single fucking thing. That's where we're at, baby. Well, it's, it's impossible. It's, 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 it's an impossible place to live. It's impossible to live this way. It's impossible to make art this way. It's impossible to run an economy this way. It's the algorithm. And so once again, Ali, we arrive at a... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. Nothing. Yeah, we're fucked. We're fucked. Well, I think, actually, let's talk a little bit about Twitter because I do think that Twitter's done. Like, I, yes. I no engagement. Uh, did you see your, the CEO's uh, interview at Code? Linda Yaccarino's interview? No. Did you read it? Did you see this? No. Oh, it is the most uncomfortable 30 minutes you will ever experience in your life. Like, I had flop sweats, man. Tell me watching about this. So Linda Yaccarino, who is the CEO of Twitter, um, yeah. comes to the Code Conference, which is like this like conference for you know like technology started by Walt Mossberg and Kara Swisher, and she was supposed to be the last um, interview of the conference. And uh, right before she goes on, the CEO of uh, GM, who uh, uh, sorry yes of GM, who's supposed to be on, cancels, says they can't make it. So Kara Swisher calls in Yoel Ross, who is the head of trust and safety of Twitter, who She's after a job. <laughs> I, well, yeah, yeah, Lowell, yeah. So Yoel Roth got fired from Elon Musk. Oh, okay. And Elon Musk basically like alluded to him being a child molester. Um, and basically well, that's his favorite know, insult, right? That's yeah, that's his favorite insult. Musk yeah. And fucking then that cave in Yeah. Yeah. So uh Yoel Roth, like got death threats, had to sell his house. Um, and so he had a, yeah, he had an interview before and uh, he basically was actually very kind and he didn't say anything that he's never said before, but Kara Swisher asked him like, 
do you have any advice for Linda? And he's like, honestly, just know that what happened to me can absolutely happen to you. That what might seem good now is going to be whatever. Just protect yourself, blah, blah, blah. So Linda Yaccarino comes on. And this is just the kind of like TLDR of, of, of the interview. She she is asked, hey, Elon said that uh, he wants to make a, the entire thing paid. Everyone paid. And she was like, excuse me, can you repeat that question? As if she had no idea. Then she's like, wait, did, did you not know this? Did Elon not talk to you about this? And she's like, <laughs> Elon and I talk about everything. And it's like, okay. And then she they ask her something about like, um, you know, how Elon works and all this stuff. And then she goes to the audience. She goes, okay, who here wouldn't want to be side by side with Elon Musk as head of product? And everyone just starts laughing, being like, <laughs> these are all product people in the audience being like, I would never want to be fucking around that guy right now. But the kicker was this. She was, they asked her about how many daily users do you have? Like, and she's like, oh yeah, it's really great. It's really great. And she had, she's looking at her phone as if to bring up some information, but she shows her phone to be like, you know, the thing about X and she's showing her phone and you know, people paused and they looked in and they realized that X is not even on fucking home screen. She's not even the CEO of Twitter. So yeah, it's a dumpster fire. Yeah, I Thanks. think uh, oh, there's my. no way this is surviving, and uh, it's it's damn shame. Not you know, well, no, it's not a damn shame. It's a great, great, great thing. It's one of the only good things that's happened in the last ten years. But it hasn't changed, you know. But has it really changed politics? Has no, it changed? no, no, no. Well, I'm. I mean, we'll we'll see. I I think that, um, I think it has to some degree killed the ability for a story to be developed out of nothingness like i'm seeing fewer stories sure. with big legs in the media that come about like 10 people said xyz on twitter yes. yes like i i do think that that is actually dying a death and it's it's kind of awesome and that that you know that that the death of instagram instagram is just basically an ad firm now you know there is only TikTok, and TikTok is too chaotic to center media pieces around. It's just not, you know, unless it's like a man was shot live today on TikTok, that kind of stuff. Yeah, because TikTok is about consumption. It's not about engagement, right? Yeah, like, you, exactly. people never really, I mean, yeah, like the comments on TikTok videos are hidden. You don't really follow anybody on TikTok. Like the algorithm just presents yeah. shit to you. And yeah, so it's it, a totally it doesn't, it doesn't feel to me like that thing of like so-and-so said such and such on Twitter and now they're done. Or this 10 people, as you say, thought this on Twitter. Everybody thinks it. it's it, it's not really it doesn't have that power anymore. And I think that could potentially be good for society. Unfortunately, yeah. there's nothing replacing it. There's like, you know, the the Torstar Corporation in Ontario just shut down 70 local newspapers. I mean, it's just this rapid, rapid. I was talking to a guy, a friend of mine, uh, Bob Cronbauer, the other day. He runs a website called Vancouver is Awesome. And it's like it's a local paper, basically, but in online form because, you know, print is dead, et cetera, et cetera. So I say to Bob, like, how's it going? He's like, he's going OK. I say he says it's going amazing on TikTok. Like we have tons of people watching our stuff on TikTok. Right. Does that translate into money? Into money. And he's like, well, it doesn't really in the sense that, you know, the advertisers don't 
want us want people seeing us on TikTok. That's the exact same thing that happened with Facebook, and it's why you know uh, the government passed that bill um, yeah. because it's like you know you you. But he's like you, yeah. But here's the thing: is that he's just saying like now he's just doubling down on his efforts to draw people towards the website, which means it's not going to work. Well, I wish him luck. It's a great website. Go check it out. It's really oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But it's 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 not going to work because you want people to be on the website to see the ads that are on the website. When so, yeah. although although here's the thing that I will say though, this actually the thing about TikTok is that like if I see something from like Vancouver is awesome and it's this story on TikTok, the it's all about click through, right? The issue with Facebook and um, Instagram and Twitter is that when a link is presented on Twitter, you click the link and then you go to that site and you read the article and then you leave. And so you're, the time you have spent looking at ads and the time you have spent looking at other content that is on the website just doesn't exist. And that's the thing that happened. That's why it just was a fool's errand to become absolutely beholden to these large companies. In respect to this though, is I see a video on Vancouver is awesome. There's no click on TikTok. So then I do have to go to VancouverIsAwesome.com. So yeah. in that respect, I think it could be beneficial. I, you know, it's weird because I've been really in the shit with this because the way that I was getting people for my song commissioning project was, was Twitter. And now nobody engages with Twitter and I'm, you know, the the, the people people are drying up. Like, I, I'm not getting... Yeah, I'm done. I don't have an account anymore. I deactivated yeah. and 30 days later I went away and I didn't... The only thing I ever do is every two weeks I say, hey, you know, um, I'm selling songs or I sometimes I say, hey, my friend's show is on or whatever. But that, you know, the algorithm will not let that shit bubble to the top. No. But, no. but it, it... Unless you're Twitter blue, baby. Twitter all blue. this to say that, like, the rock and roll game and the theater in this country have come gone all in on social media in terms of marketing money. Every single theater company in this country has a social media department now. Every single label has social media people and they are doing sure. this. They're doing nothing. They're working in a dead zone. They're working in a place no one's paying any attention to in that way anymore. So now, and... Because we put all our marketing money into social media, into ads on Facebook, into ads on Instagram, into ads on Twitter, all the fucking weeklies, all the culture weeklies and all the small journalists that used to support the work we do, they've gone bankrupt. They're not around anymore because we didn't buy ad space. So now we have nobody. <laughs> we didn't support a local interest. Let's try and learn from this for the seven millionth time, everybody. We did not support ingrown local accountable media we trusted multinational corporations to work for us on a local level and now the, that local media has disappeared and the the big media doesn't work for us anymore and we're left with nothing uh, well actually torque local hyper local media hyper local media is actually having a renaissance and um these yeah, are just like talking about that what do you mean the, the ones that are literally specifically about like people, if you want news, let's say you live in York region, which is like a, you know, a, a, a suburb of Toronto, the York region website, the news website is doing very well. Right. But do they have a culture department? Um, they should. They could one day. They could one day. I was talking in the context of culture, right? Like there is now what? One full-time theater critic in Canada? 
there's maybe one full-time music critic in Canada. Like it's mm -hmm. it's over. And the reason it's over is because we didn't buy ad space in the papers that used to pay those people seven hundred dollars to. But write you it. don't you don't think there's potential in uh, if I was to put a marketing cap on you know a, a local there are so many local Toronto influencers for instance that literally make or break restaurants that they well, will go uh, restaurants so, are so because everybody eats and everybody seemingly never wants to stop eating sure. culture is like you have to find the audience but if you get that influencer to go see a show and they make a video I mean I would just love to see the data personally I I really don't know if influencer marketing can work for anything other than like skin cream or some kind of gizmo or gadget to be honest i i, I don't I, think it's working anymore i think the only thing that's working is like word of mouth like the thing that's happening at crow's theater where they've tripled their subscriptions and every goddamn show they've uh, is sold out it, it's, it's just a good show that they keep the rest of theater totally collapsing well apparently it's three good shows it's clear yeah. it's, it's they're all good apparently is like what do we learn from that? Do amazing work. <laughs> Have it be yeah. really, really good. Then the people who go, go to their friends and are like, dude, seriously, I know you don't really like theater, but this is so fucking good. You have to go. And people go. And, so and the really good thing about Master Plan is that obviously, you know, we love Chris and, and, and Michael Healy, but like you, you, you do a show about Toronto Right. A story about Toronto that some people probably a lot of people know about, but not a lot of people do know about it. And you do it in the city that it's about. Guess what? Like invested. people are going to come. People are going to want to know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Are interested it's in that right away. They go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go see it. It doesn't check it out. There's a reason why I think why Come From Away was so successful in, in right. Canada. It was here's this big musical about Canada. Yeah. We want stories about ourselves. And people keep on saying, no, you don't. You want stories from Hollywood or you want stories we've already told you or we, you want you want repackaged stories with different faces on them. And, and it's like, OK, if you fucking insist. But I don't think that is actually what a lot of people want. I think they want really good things. So it goes back to our conversation about grant giving organization. It's like, let's try and give grants and, and help artists make really good things not just make things that reflect the political agenda of the mm. people at the grant giving organization, because that's not really going to pay it forward, as it were, in yeah. culture. You know, yeah. it, it may be. I mean, Master Plan is inherently a play about politics, right? It's a play about mm. consensus, trying to get consensus. People, I don't think politics is a dirty word in art. I think you can get people to go and see radically political things, but they got to be good. Yeah, well, Healy also has a gift of like understanding that at the end of the day, politics is a shit show because it's comprised of humans. And even the greatest, like, you know, this is about something, uh, 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 an endeavor that failed. But I bet you even the endeavors that are successful, if Healy was to write a play about it, you'd be like, oh, my God, that was a fucking slapstick comedy because it's human beings like making something, you know, he's and a man that's with a gift for the absurd. Yeah, yeah. So listen, this is going long because I, I, I have to yeah, get going. But listen, I, I want to say like, I want to say this though, Jordan, <laughs> about about I. <laughs> but look, I the one thing I'm hopeful of is this, and and this goes to how we began that I think there is going to be sadly fire, but hopefully what rises from the ashes. I think local journalism 
is going to have a renaissance. And the reason I say that is because I'm not hopeful for the Toronto Star. I think the Toronto Star is clearly dead. I think there always there's always some news article about like they're in receiver receivership and they're yeah, figuring yeah. out how to like pay off debts, blah, blah, blah. I do think though, with the internet and with the ability of like guerrilla journalists, like a, a group of like two or three people creating like a little news organization in Toronto without the overhead of something like the Toronto Star, that is something that can do well. I think there is definitely something that that can happen. Right. With uh, the West End Phoenix and Michael Hollett's trying to do it. There are people trying to do it and God bless them all. Uh, And and perfect timing is that the advertising model is dying. It has kind of like hit its uh, peak. Um, TikTok wants to come out with a monthly ad-free $7.99 plan. I'm not saying everyone's going to go for that. Facebook is doing one in Europe. I think more for like the EU uh, rules or something. But we're, you know, if you want... There's can chat GPT can, that's, huh? Can we agree just as a society or at least as a political movement that if you pay for subscription for the pay a subscription fee for social media account, that's a loser. You're a loser. Let's just get that going. No, no, yes. no. You are taking a good stand. You're taking a stand for like, if no, no, no. It's a product to me. I do not want to be the go, product. Go I buy book. Torque, torque. The big mistake, the big mistake that we have made that has brought us a lot of this bullshit is that we are taking things and we are not paying the proper amount for it. And therefore, these companies have to figure out ways to generate revenue. But the truth is you are not paying enough. You are not paying enough for Netflix. Considering everything Netflix is giving you, it You're right. actually should be $100 a month. No, but I'm talking about social media. If you want a social life, don't pay for one online. Yeah, true. No one. True. But if, that's if that's a different if you thing. Can't go outside. Join a free social network. There's tons of amazing communities online. There's tons of people who are into what you're into. That yeah. where it's moderated by other people just like you. It's not moderated by a fucking anti-Semitic freak who's who's got nothing but his own interests at heart. Like, don't give him a penny, and don't give any of these freaks pennies. They're all really bad people. Let's not give them money, please. You know. Go talk to people in a fucking My Little Pony chat room. In principle, all I'm saying is it's good to pay for things and it's good to create. Internet. There is something, yes, there is something that levels things out when it's like, I have a product. I hear you. You have to pay I for the product. It's, I it's, you. I have a product and it's free. You become the product. That's and what then, exactly. Yes. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So that's why I love you, man. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd pay $5 a month for incredible, like local Toronto journalism. Sure. What? Absolutely. Five, I, 10 bucks. I mean, listen, I have no idea what shows are coming. I just got a text from a friend. Apparently Lauren Hill's playing in fucking Vancouver in like six days. If she shows up, I don't I, trust. Well, that that's yet. yes. To be fair. But I had no idea because there is no longer a weekly paper that I can pick up. There used to be three in Vancouver. I know. There's zero. I know. And it's like, I don't know what's happening. There's no website that tells me what's happening. Let's focus as let's focus as a group of cultural people on building our own shit and stop trying to get approval and money and platforms from people who don't care about us and never did. Yours truly, <laughs> male finds you well. <laughs> Torquil Campbell. <laughs> boom, boom.
uh, listen, should we do this like every two months or something now? Yeah, like whenever we feel like, hey, man. Basically, it's like whenever you and I want to catch up, we'll just fucking record it. All right. I love you. If you're listening I love to this, it. we love you. That was sort of soft revolution. We hope you enjoyed it. Love yeah. you, Ali. <laughs> love you, buddy. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, man.